Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Yes, good afternoon. This is Taz Racing Talks. Campbell Brown here. Sammy Holling joining us very, very shortly. We have a massive hour coming up. Uh, we're going to have a chat to Siggy Carr in a minute, uh, who's doing some great things, not just as a jockey, but has a dual licence as a trainer as well. We'll speak to Matty Reid, as we always do on a Friday, to get uh, all the form. Um, Brennan Ryan is going to take us through um, the greyhound world, and then... Jamie Cockshut, the phenomenon who's become a cult hero on Taz Racing Talks through all the uh, the harness action. Um, he's got Benny Yolt um, that he wants to have a chat to as well, who's uh, riding and uh, training beautifully. Uh, Tommy Hackett a little bit later in the afternoon, and then we're going to fire straight into SEN track at one o'clock. So, Sammy Highland, how are you? No, it's still not there. Um, it's, uh, it's a big race day on Sunday down um, in Hobart. No, Devonport. Uh, and Siggy Carr actually is recovering from the COVID. Um, so missed last week in Hobart, but uh, should be back on deck this Sunday. And has got a full book of rides as well, riding eight and training a couple too. So... We'll speak to her about all the best chances that she's got coming up um, for a big day of racing. And I think uh, Jamie Cockshut, I was following through his mail um, over the weekend. He was on fire again, but the horse that he declared, absolutely declared chips in, uh, end up jumping at about a dollar twenty and went under um, last week too. So I was riding the highs and lows with. Jamie Cockshut on uh, on Sunday night, that is for sure. Um, Siggy, we're, uh, we're going to be speaking to Siggy Carr very, very shortly. And I think we might not have, there's not much, we're not having much luck today in the studio. We're going to go. Can you to hear a, me, Doc? There we go. Sammy Highland, welcome, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm in the other studio, though. I've got to go back in the little studio and. So I can hear you in here, but maybe... Yeah, beautiful. How, how are you, mate? How's the uh, the week been? Oh, well, it's been... Uh, we haven't had much racing up here because so much rain, but the sun is out, dog, and it's on. It's going to be a big weekend of racing, so looking forward to it. Beautiful. Well, I think we're going to go to a, a quick break, and uh, on the back of that, we're going to get uh, Sigurd Carr online to have a chat about all the weekend's racing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. You are listening to Taz Racing Talk and it's our best hour on a Friday, isn't it, dog? Uh, Taz Racing Talk, let's jump straight into it after a few difficulties, but I'm, I have uh, positioned up in a new studio and we're good to go. Matt Reed is on the line, ready to go, Matt. Uh, look, a couple of highlights from last week. I don't know if this is a highlight, but I'm going to mention it. Nico, the Greek, he is a dead set sausage, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is a Cornish sausage of the best. 
Yeah, well, geez, he burned a few punters uh, last weekend, that's for sure. He went around a dollar sixty, and there was a there was a dollar sixty pop in the race, Sammy. We just didn't know it was one that actually started twenty one dollars. There was a thing that um, you talk about betting stables in racing. Sarah Cotton, after the race, has come out and said that she thinks that Fairy Magic might potentially be a Group Three Bow Mistress horse. And wow. with wraps on with wraps on a horse like that, it's gone into a maiden. There was a little bit of an early nibble, sort of forty into twenty six dollars, but we all know that doesn't take a lot. But I think it's paid thirty dollars best tote. So if you think you've got a group three mare that's going around in a maiden at thirty dollars, you'd have a fair dink and lunge at it, wouldn't you? But the price <laughs> held up. So Sarah Cotton certainly not a punning stable. Yeah, she clearly doesn't have loose lips. <laughs> no, exactly. And yeah, Nico the Greek. Got burned. I think it was one of those, and we see him all the time, Sammy. It was just one of those runs. It was so obvious. They always come up over his next start. It, it did look his race, and, and to be fair, he, he clearly wasn't the same horse as first up. He might, doesn't beat the winner, but he should have at least run second. So not sure what we do with Nico the Greek going forward. Be wary of him, I reckon. That's the guy. Anthony Darmanin, he rode, uh, rode a soapy bubble there at Hobart last Sunday, and it's no surprise, is it? He's a good jockey. Yeah, absolutely, Darmer. He's, he, he's versatile. He always like jockeys that can ride forward or back and aren't necessarily um, one-dimensional. But he had a couple of good rides there. Darmer got home on, on one for Johnny Blacker. I think it was further north. They went mad up front and he stormed over the top. And Music Edition was a, a pretty handy winner in the opening race on the program. Maybe gave a bit of a push to the form of first accused. Brownie that goes around at Caulfield tomorrow for Scotty Brunton. I think it's race nine. First accused is in. First accused comfortably handled music edition last start in Hobart. So that form got a bit of a push there. Yeah, $7 at the moment. Opened eight fifty. First accused and, and uh, already had a little nibble at that price uh, into sevens. And um, yeah, three wins on the trot. You'd think that it'd have to uh, be able to handle um, Caulfield and, uh, and this lot, but it's in the market. Yeah, he's a pretty handy horse, first accused. Scotty Brighton's always had huge uh, wraps on him and had one prep there where things didn't go exactly to plan, but everything's back on track now. I reckon he might be one of our best wait-for-age horses come carnival time next year, and and hopefully he can get a result on there. Scotty Brighton's record the last couple of seasons hasn't been super interstate, but I do think he has a couple of live chances tomorrow in first accused, and Galinas, who should be suited by an 11-metre rail and, and rolling on speed. I think he only got grabbed in the last couple of strides last time, so he should give it... Both those horses should really give a good sight for each way punters. What about best bets for uh, Sunday at Devonport? Yeah, we've got... Um, best one comes up in race four, Sammy. I've gone with number one, Alpine Aviator. Now, this horse has come across the land. Gaffney Stables was trained in Victoria by Matt Laurie. It's had two runs on the carpet. Both were pretty tough watches. The first one um, rattled home, went into everyone's black book, was then sent out a, a 270 favourite, but was trapped three and four wide, no cover. Snicked back from a wide draw last time in Hobart. It was a pretty cold sort of ride. I like gate one for this horse who hasn't drawn the inside half in, in three previous starts in Tassie. So hopefully he can settle a little bit closer. And um, I'm pretty keen on our, our point aviator. Made him my best bet race for number one. Hoping we can get something sort of north of $354. Righto. Uh, and what about the value? 
Belly race two on the program. I reckon emphatic bell number eight here is going to come up pretty short. So I actually think there's a, a few chinks on that horse as a short price favourite in this race. One I'm looking at each way is number 10, flying to Paris. I liked her trial going into a $50,000 race in Launceston on Good Friday. Uh, got a check at the start, then race-wide no cover. It was a wet track, just completely penned that performance. Really liked the trial in Devonport on 17th of May where she covered a bit of ground uh, but ran really good time relative to the day, actually very similar time to uh, Emphatic Bell who went around in the same trial session. Comes up with the pole draw, Chelsea Baker. Um, she's a really good young rider who's having a bit of success down here so she'll claim down to about 53, I think, um, from inside draw and I think she'll be a, a good each way price for us. So race two, number 10, flying to Paris. So I see it's had a trial under its belt uh, after that that run at uh, Launceston. What sort of ground do you reckon we'll get on on uh, Sunday? Oh, we're oh, we're on the Devonport, isn't it? It's on the synthetic, so that's. Gonna I was going to say, Samuel, we can tell you exactly what it's going to be on the carpet up there. <laughs> one, 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 one thing we don't have to worry about is is the weather, particularly at, at this time of year. So I mean, you do always like them to have some kind of look at, at the synthetic before you get heavily involved when they haven't raced on it. So we can take a bit of confidence from that trial where the horse did race wide. So I thought there was plenty of merit in the performance. Right. Anything else? Uh, obviously, we touched on Scotty Brunton's horses. I reckon that Galenis is, it'll be hard to beat in that race. And it goes well for Laura, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we said, um, I think the rails are 11 metres on Caulfield. So you're probably looking for runners that are on pace. Uh, but before I go, I actually owe you a bit of an apology, Sammy. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago. I had a bit of a cold at the time or a non-COVID-related illness, as we have to call it now. And <laughs> right. uh, got, a bit, got a bit of a tickle in the throat. Didn't have any water there, and I thought, "Geez, I'm I'm gone here. I've, the voice is completely cooked." I think I just had. I think I just had to scramble out. The voice is gone. You had to throw to a break, and she she totally went on me, so it was no good. And I also want you to get stuck into Brennan when you speak to him a little bit later. I asked him for his bets, best bets for Hobart last night, and he said to me, "Mate, it's too hard." I told him, "Don't be soft," and he sent me three selections, and they all got up. So he had one really? place bet, two, one place bet, two wins, bet, two win bets. I think the place bet ran third, about three dollars, and then his specials were good things prices, but they won. So make sure you remind him that you lose every bet that you don't place. And if, if we ask for a select, <laughs> if we ask if we ask for a selection, you got to give us something. Well, we've got a couple of roosters here at SEN Track in um, uh, DT, in the initials are DT and MP, and they get on and start saying how tough the day is, and then they start tipping up a storm. You're just like, what happened? You, you told us at the start of the day it was a tough day. They've been in hot form lately. So it sounds like Brennan is in the money, and his old, old man's horse uh, got the money as well, didn't it? Yeah, Turbo Inferno, that that, that uh, dog, I should say, is going um, very well in, in really good form. It's, I mean, Brennan's dad, the, the strike rate that they have, they're outstanding, and they're often well found in the market down here because of them, but they're always presented really well and always run really well. I think Turbo Inferno opened about $1.15. Uh, yes, they got out to about $1.40, which is maybe something more like a backable price, but, yeah, the, the team's got the kennel going really well, that's for sure. 
Oh, well, good work. All right, thanks, Matt. We've got through that after a rusty start and uh, me asking what sort of conditions they were on the torpedo. That was so far. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get by. Uh, look forward to chatting next week. Thanks, fellas. Talk soon. There is Matt Reed, Matt Reed with all the Taz Racing news uh, over there in the thoroughbred camp. So we will take a quick break and we'll come. We, we're not. We're not. Okay, we're not going to. Sorry. We, we want to have a chat uh, So we're going to do Siggy. That's who we want to have a chat with. She's not, not answering at the Siggy. moment. So um, we're, uh, we're desperate to get hold of her because she's got eight, uh, she's got eight rides on Sunday and uh, she's – training a couple of them. Brennan's good to go. So let's launch straight into Brennan Ryan. And uh, I tell you what, Matt Reed's just given you a bit of a clip, Brennan, because uh, you're withholding information yesterday. <laughs> oh, yes, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, no, I did come off with a couple of good winners there. And Turbo Inferno got the cash there off um, Box X for in 26-14 there last night. So, you know, very happy overall. Uh, we've only got a very small team, but, yeah, he got the job done nicely. Well done. Now, I, t- I watched a few of the uh, races last week uh, after uh, having a chat. We missed we missed you, but uh, who who did I chat to last week? It was we chatted to one of the trainers, didn't we, Doggy? He was uh, he was quite funny. But we saw Buckle Up Hazel get the money at the short odds, and then uh, Bridwood Ali gets the money at the big odds uh, later in the night. Yeah, no, that was the um, hint to the uh, Country Oaks there, and there um, that'll be the feature there this coming Tuesday at Launceston. And um, look, Buckle Up Elsie uh, couldn't have been more impressive there. She ran twenty nine eighty eight, so that really puts her in good stead for this race. And she's drawn, you know, off the track. Her kennel mate Buckle Up Arrow will give her enough speed to get across, and you know she's run five out four to the first peg, which is. Um, a great opportunity to win you nine out of ten races, so she'll she's going to be the main factor in it, and she deserves to start short in the field. Dashing Pepper gains a lot of respect, and and so does Pop's Promise. So it's uh, you know from two heats they've pulled together a very good final there. So really looking forward to that. But for me, I'd go with um, Buckle Up Elise there from Box Seven. I think off her heat one, off her heat run, she's just got to um, repeat that effort. Brennan, have we got any uh, Greyhound news that is uh, making the headlines over there? Um, yeah, we've got a bit going on at the moment. There's still a lot of discussions around the site and venue for the uh, Devonport track. Um, I know that Taz Racing are looking very closely at venues um, up in the northwest coast area, so that's taking them a lot of time, but hopefully um, it can be sorted out and the plans can be put in place once again. And we can get things rolling because, um, you know, it's certainly a lot of pressure on the two tracks to, um, you know, to really keep racing going. So, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll get some news over that in the next couple of months. But um, uh, on racing-wise, we're due to actually to kick off the next, uh, in July, we're due to kick off the Shane Yates Memorial, which uh, a lot of people know in racing, not just in Grahams, but in all three codes, Shane was... A terrific race caller, and um, yeah, we've got the third running of his memorial race will be staged in Hobart next month. Twelve thousand to the winner, and um, really looking forward to seeing how that race uh, unfolds. Well, uh, it's for grounds um, that are Taz bred in grade three, four, and five. So um, yeah, no, there should be always a, a good series to um, unfold. So really looking forward to that, and. Um, in regards to any other news, it's been a bit quiet on the home front. Um, you know, we've had a lot of interest with McInerney racing over in the mainland. Uh, he completed in the Speed Star Series last night and going really well. So 
Uh, we'll keep an eye on where he goes to next, whether or not if he comes home or stays there on the mainland. So we'll keep an eye out for his performances. And, um, yeah, no, there's still plenty ticking over, but some really good racing there coming up in the next couple of months here in Tassie. I watched him in that race where he tipped over he, or he got skittled sort of around the first turn, didn't he? And uh, is, But was that just because he couldn't take a spot early? Yeah, well, that's how speed star racing really works. It's a match between two, you know, elite dogs, how they're paired up on times. And you've got to have a lot going your way because uh, one minor mistake can, uh, you know, can be a added, you know, second against you and uh, lost. And when they clipped coming for home, uh, it, it just took a, you know, it just took a little bit of the wind out of his sail, so to speak, and Rapaki Rocks got that run. But if he got left alone, I certainly thought he would have won his uh, qualifier. But, I mean... You're going up against the Queen of Australian Racing at the moment. Wow, she's passed. Um, she's run 29-11 once again, so uh, there's not much that can beat her. But, you know, without he's going really well, McInerney, without winning, so he's just got to line up and get himself a, another feature race. So um, if he can keep ticking over, he'll be really good for our upcoming Cups, which will start in around the October period. So um, no doubt that Connections will want to, you know, target something there in Victoria and... Um, you know, he's earning money while he's there as well. So, no, it's um, it's a good little billboard for Tassie, seeing that he's built his confidence here, and yeah, he's going over and doing leaps and bounds on the mainland. Good work. Uh, all right, anything to uh, anything to have a punt on this weekend? All right, uh, we're going to go straight into. We'll highlight the meeting in Launceston on Tuesday, which is the Devonport program. We've got uh, a ten race card there. We've got the two features. Uh, the Carlton Draft uh, Carlton Draft Country Derby, and I'm going to stick with Saint Zach off the inside early. 29.88 was his was his first, was a real good win there. He's been coming back from a toe injury, and I think he should get the you know he's got every chance to get the job done. Um, trained by the best in Butch Deverell, and he should you know there's no reason why I can't see him pulling this race off. He's got everything going his way. He just needs the luck in running. Um, so race five, number one, Saint Zach, and then race six. This is a, a race that hasn't gained a lot of exposure over the years, but we've got the City of Devonport Cup, which is the best aid. It'll be held over 5, 15 metres. Um, we're going to see a good clash go up against uh, Quick Joey Small versus Lock and Loaded and Brindle Burner, three good greyhounds in the state currently. Um, Lock and Loaded's gone off a little bit in form, but I really like the way Brindle Burner's going um, at present. But Quick Joey Small's got the draw there from the inside alley. He has gone 29.82 there on the Devonport Grade meeting, and um, he'll, he'll want to step well and get to the front. But I, I'm going to put Brindle Burn on there as a good E-try value, but you know, I'll stick quick Joey Small there on top. But nevertheless, a good clash there with um, those three runners, as we just mentioned. Right. Oh, all right. Well, uh, we've given you a cut for for uh, withholding information. You've come loaded this week. So looking forward to a uh, winning weekend, Brennan. All the best. No worries. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. There is Brennan Ryan with all the uh, Greyhound news. So we're going to take a break now, Tomo. Let's go to a break, and uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll have the news, and then Jamie Cockshut, the superstar, he's going to tip us into some winners in the harness world over in Tassie. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. 
Welcome back to Taz Racing Talk, and it's now harness racing time with our favourite man over there in Tassie, Jamie Cockshut, who, uh, Jamie, how the tips go last week? I missed a few of those races, but I did see, I did see that uh, our man Todd Rattray, we, uh, didn't he, he took out the first last week at Launceston, didn't he? Yeah, well, we, we tipped two good things, Cammy, Sammy. Um, Kadar was one in race one, which got up at That's around it. $4, but... But but the moral of the night let us down, mate. He got beat right on the right on the post lance a lot. Horse on his back and nabbed him right on the post. But but um he did go up too short in the market, a dollar fifty, so honestly I didn't really jump in at those sort of odds because I thought they were too short. But um end of the day, he had every chance, but he got nabbed right on the line by a pretty handy horse in Cosimo who sat on his back throughout and when you done the speed map Nobody would have had Cosimo sitting on his back, but um, that's racing, mate, and that's it. We move on, but Lancelot's in again this week, and we'll try and get our money back. Jamie, Sunday night, uh, I was sitting at the, the Launceston Airport uh, waiting for the plane to fly back to Melbourne, and uh, Matty Hill called the uh, the Hawks-Brisbane game. He said, Brownie, have you got, any, you got any hardest tips tonight? And I said, yes, I actually do. <laughs> Lancelot will be winning, and we sat there and we watched the race. And um, I remember you saying you you were hoping it'd come up at two dollars or two fifty, and you're right, it was pretty short. But I couldn't believe it when it got nabbed. Yeah, no, I, I didn't jump in at, at those odds because I, I wanted I wanted a minimum two dollars early. Yep. I thought he'd start a dollar fifty, but when they went up that price, well, you know, I, I stayed away to be honest. And I hope a lot of the listeners. <laughs> He just did too stay away at those short odds, but he still went okay. But it's just when Cosimo lobbed on his back and Lancelot kicked away, and um, yeah, Cosimo's a pretty handy horse, and yeah, that's him on the line, mate. But um, that's racing. We move on, and um, we'll see if we can bounce back this week. And we got that was a few shorties got up early in the night, but then uh, got a bit of value sort of for the second half of the card. Yeah, like it weren't a bad night on the punt. Yeah, you know, I think I showed a small profit to be honest, but. Um, well, Kadar was a really good price in race one. I think he got out to four dollars forty, and you know he opened up two dollars fifty. But you know he done it pretty easy winning. Um, you know a couple of the fancy runners during the night. One Bridwood Bella was very impressive winning her race. You know I tried to to lay her at those odds, but she was a standout two-year-old filly, but lost away in the last eighteen months. But you know Rowan Hadley's done a super job of her, and she's bounced back, and you know she's back to the form of her early days. Bridwood Bella, and she's definitely one to watch moving forward. But, you know, this week we've only got the one meeting at Hobart, you know, so we'll just try and find a few winners, boys. But I've got and to that's say, what... Sammy, I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you what, you're in pretty good shape. You can nearly make a comeback. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. He's I'm doing telling the tour you, to it's... France. I've been, <laughs> I've, you know what? I've dead set been having a crack, and uh, my missus, like, she, when I started, my missus goes, oh, yeah, this will last two days, and... So I'm a couple of weeks in, and I've tightened up a bit, but I'm I'm going to I'm determined to to lose a solid chunk off the belly, Jamie. So uh, I've just got to keep at it, you know. But and I thought Chris might have been able to put you on a, one of them one of them jump horses of his mate. And, you know, next yeah, season, go to the no, it's, un- mate, it's only fair. I tell you what, you can be assured of. He won't be getting on any, would he? Because he'd break their back. The big... <laughs> He, my, my mother told me a couple of weeks ago that uh, that she said, you're getting a bit too fat. And I said, oh, is that right? Well, what about you look at son number three, Chris Highland? Because I said, he is a monster. Yeah, no, good point, mate. Good point. 
<laughs> anyway, now Ben Yole, good that we've got him on on the on this week because he's been in hot form. What did he get? Four winners uh, at Hobart on Friday night. He he had a good night at Hobart, and you know he he's been treading his toe over into Victoria of late as well, and he's had a bit of success. And yeah, he's got a he's got a few in at Hobart on Sunday night as normal. So we'll talk about a few of his chances, and we'll also touch on a few that he's got in on over in Victoria over the um, Monday and Tuesday next week. What about your uh, your best bets for uh, this week? What have we got there? Uh, well, I'm backing on Toddy Rattray again. Jeez, I don't want to put much pressure on Toddy, but um, <laughs> race one, number seven, Magic Jackie. He got the job done last course in the first race with Kadar, and I reckon he can get the job done at Hobart on Sunday night with Magic Joe. Uh, and we're backing up race three, number 10, Lancelot. Um, he, he's going to be the hunter this time and not the hunted, and I reckon that could be the um, the difference in the result. And well, then we'll wind up in race six, number four, Sunny Scenes. I just think he can push forward, find the breeze of the lead, and he's just got to run up to his recent form and he'll be winning. So that's a treble for the weekend, boys. I'm pretty confident with that one. Uh, value plays, race five, number 13. If, buts and maybes. Um, we'll appreciate drawing outside the second line. Um, it won't get into any trouble early. They run along up front. He's got the ability around his rivals up and winning around the $5 mark. And then we'll move across to race nine, number three, Sporty Ben. Um, got dragged back by a tired horse last time um, and hit the line really strongly late. Drawn three, should be able to have plenty of clear running this week and he'll give a great sight for Mark Regan around the $5 mark. And a couple of odds. I don't think they can win, but I think they can run a place. Um, race two, number two, Missing Rock. Just draws well. Consistent type, you know, and we'll give some cheek. And race eight, number two, Spooky Girl. Um, she was okay last time. She chased hard behind a pretty smart filly um, there in Ida, Miss Lucy, and just knocked up late. And she can just be killed up on the pegs. She can poke through late at, you know, 20 or 30 to 1. And the quality for the night, first thing we'll go 1, 2, 7, 8, and 13. Second leg, we'll go number 4, 1 out. That's Sunny Scenes. Third leg, we'll go numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 8, 9. And lastly, we'll go numbers 2, 5, 9, and 10. Um, $70 will give us 50% of the dividend. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what we want. Well, we've got uh, superstar trainer Ben Yol on the line, and he's got uh, he's got a big team in on Sunday night. How you going there, Ben? Good, thanks, Jamie. That's all right, mate. Yeah, as Sammy mentioned, mate, you've got a pretty big team in on Sunday night, so we'll go through you know, probably the leading chances. Um, race four, we've got number one, Major Lester. Racing well, gets, just gets a perfect draw, and I've probably seen him just sitting behind the the leader and then getting up the sprint lane late and that's where he races best when he's held up he can hit the line strongly yeah I'd agree with that I think when he leads he gets a bit too keen in front so we probably hand up to the right horse and hopefully he can get us to the sprint lane and he's going to get his chance he's racing well let me move on to AHA reaction um, he's drawn well and he's racing well he isn't pretty similar to Major Lester he races best when held up for a sprint he can once he gets out he hits the line pretty strongly um Stable mate Quintano strides drawn one, and if he can happen to hold Kuzma early, it's going to take a long way to ha- aha reaction, um, going very close to winning. Yeah, he probably drops a fraction in class, and he's got the right draw. He likes being on the fence. He doesn't like being out wide. So when he's on the fence, he sort of doesn't hit his knee, and he can sprint quick. So 
uh, perfect draw for him as long as hopefully the one can hold and he can hold its back early. He's, uh, the race race looks pretty good for him. Then we'll move over to Cynical Jermaine. Um, obviously, Suffolk was wrong last time because she was too bad to be true. Um, three starts back, she's impressive win at Hobart. Um, gets a draw to push forward and will maybe look to bully her way to the top. And if she does find the top, I reckon she'll take plenty of running down. Yeah, I don't know where she'll be in the run. I haven't really had a real good look at this race yet, but she's going very well. Um, had a bit of a problem last start, so we just put a line through that run, and she trolled really good Monday night. So uh, she takes her form from her previous runs. Uh, she'll be very hard to beat. And we'll go across to the last. She's got Juniper. Draws, perfect, draws perfectly. Um, can lead if monster or sit behind the leader. Either way, going to get every chance and... Looks a good each-way gamble at around the 5 or $6 mark. Yeah, we could have went in the mayor's race, but I just put her in this race because it was drawn on sex to get the draw over the short trip. And uh, last time she led over the short trip, she won very easy in the junior race. So uh, we put the same pilot, Bronte Miller, back on for that reason. And uh, perfect barrier draw, perfect distance. So uh, I'd, I'd imagine she'd be very hard to beat. And as, as a lot of the locals know, you, you've been starting to... Um send a few over to Victoria and you've had a bit of success to date and you know, you've got half a dozen in you know, Monday, Tuesday um, we'll just touch on a few to start with at Horse from on Monday you've got Denstown and Southern GMP in the same race so on the Tasmanian form you you think Denstown can work across Southern GMP early and they'll both get every chance yeah it's a dropping class for both of them I think uh, a, lot of them are, a lot of horses in that race only won a couple or won one race and there's even a maiden in there so uh, they find a very winnable race. Short distance suits both them horses. Um, and, and I'd imagine, you know, I think Denstown's a better horse, so I'd imagine he'd be hard to beat. And then we'll go to Achuka on Tuesday. Um, you got race four, number one, Kobebi Hustler. Um, had a couple of runs over there. It was a good winner on Monday, leading throughout, and done it pretty easily. And this don't look much harder, to be honest, so don't take plenty of beating. Yeah, right track, distance, and draw. So, um, we've put her in the right race there and she's come up with the right draw so she, you'd think on her run at Warrigal she'd be very hard to beat probably her only danger would probably be on her back I'd imagine and then we'll go across to race 9 you've got Machiavelli he's a speedster he loves to lead so he gets the right draw everything in his favour and um, his numerical form's not the greatest but this is a like you said a drop back in class and just maps perfect, perfectly for him so he looks to get every chance as well yeah look at it it is a dropping class for these horses coming out of the 49s in Tasmania. They're quite hard to win, so and they don't draw good and the distance don't suit them. So when they get back to the mile racing and the short, small track mile racing and get the barrier draws, uh, geez, she'd have to be hard to beat in a race like that, you'd imagine. So we'll just touch on Hobart, mate. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give you $10, and what are you going to put the um, the old pensioners on to have their $5 each way on at Hobart on um on Sunday night, and then we'll touch we'll on Horsham. Well, Mark Juniper is our best at Hobart, I think. Drawn one in the mile Good. in the last. Yeah, no, definitely suits. And then over in Victoria on Monday, Tuesday, out of the the few we mentioned, which one is which one is the best one out of those three? Or we'll four? take Cove Co- Co- Hustler at Echuca. So there you go, listeners. Um, we'll have a few dollars on Juniper on Sunday night. Then we'll back up on Tuesday and. and Put all our willings on Kobebi Hustler at a trooper on Tuesday night. Um, thanks for joining us, Ben, as always, and um, you give a great insight to all your horses over the over the weekend. And um, wish you all the best, mate, and plenty of winners.
Thank you very much for having us, Jamie. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much, Ben. Yeah, Jamie, all over that. We'll be uh, on The Hustler on Tuesday. I suppose it's it's a bit of a journey, isn't it? Like, come over come over from Tassie, and then you got to get to Echuca from there. It's uh, How long does it take, round trip? Do you know, Jamie? Yeah, well, I go over on the ferry over this, on the Spirit, which takes around about 12 hours, I think. And that, yeah. that docks at Port Melbourne. Yeah. And I think Ben stayed when he's horse up around the Shepparton area. You know, I'm not that geography around yeah. Melbourne that much, but I think Shepparton's a fair way from the Melbourne CBD. And, oh, it is. And it is. That. Yeah, so you got, um, like I said, they're racing at Chuka and Horsham. I don't quite know the, um, you know, the the distance to those sort of places, but that's why, you know, I wish him all the best because it is a, it is a big exercise and it is a long way to go, but um, that's why you're successful in life, mate. Yeah. You, you go that extra yard and, and hopefully, you know, you get repaid for it all. Yeah, that's it. Like uh shepherd into Horsham, that'd be savage. I tell you, uh, I'm going to find out what it is now, but uh, gee whiz, it's uh it's a lot of travel, and but obviously, uh, as you say, he's, the stable's in good form and he's getting uh, great results. Yeah, well, that's it. And, you know, like, no matter what you're doing in life, the harder you work on and all that, the more successful you become. And that's just the way the way of the land, mate. And, um, yeah, you know, we've sent horses away in the past. And, you know, it's, just a, it's not easy to do. And, you know, because they leave their home that they're used to and they travel and sometimes they don't run up to expectations is what you expect when they go to Melbourne or Sydney. But, you know, for Ben to send a, a bigger team over, and I think it's only going to get bigger in coming weeks. So, you know, we'll just have to see how he goes. But the horses he's sending over are very, very well placed, like he mentioned, like um, Kabibi Hustler, Denstown and Southern GMP. They've all won 20 and 30 races in their career, and they're racing horses that have won one and two races. So it's very good placement by him, and um, that's why he should have a bit of success over there. I just Googled Shepparton to Horsham is 3 hours and 45 minutes. It's 321.2 Ks. And then if you put a horse float on the back, Sammy, you're going a hell of a lot slower than the speed limit. So it's probably uh, a good, you know, four and a half, five hours by the time you you uh, stop and fill up and do all that. What I'm then concerned you go about. Back. Then you've got to go what back, I'm... yeah. What I'm concerned about, dog, is is you've Googled it and I've Googled it, but your your iPhone's different to mine. Mine says 319 kilometres. You said 321. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. The old but, Google uh, Maps is a bit off. <laughs> no, uh, it's a, well, I'll tell I'm you gonna what. Throw one you boys. I'm going to throw one of you boys out there now. What's, what's your best bet for the weekend, Brownie? What's yours, Sammy? Uh Gee, I like that Kiwi horse in uh, in the derby. I know he'll be short. Um the destroyer, what's it? Dark destroyer. I reckon. Gee, I reckon he's a good stayer. And you know, I made the fatal mistake of um, jumping off last start and going based on breeding. And uh, uh, Simon O'Donnell, I I went the way of uh, Chris Munster's horse. Simon O'Donnell said it's bred to run three laps. And you know what, uh, Jamie, it went like it would run three laps. And that's where Dark Destroyer had had a turn of foot at the end of. At the end of the yeah. trip, you know, and that's what you'll get with it uh, tomorrow in the Queensland Derby. So I'm, uh, yeah, I think it'll win. Uh, race six, Caulfield, number three. Lindsay Smith's got one called Sacred Palace that a, a, a mate of mine uh, owns, and I know the horse well. It absolutely loves uh, a soft deck, and um, 
it pulled up lame after the 1,000-metre run at Sandown last start in a tougher grade, so forget it went around there. I think it gets conditions to suit at Caulfield, and they've put up nine bucks, which is just... I know it's an open race, race six, but it's just a wrong price. So, um, yeah, a sacred palace uh, each way. That's great, boys. That's a double I can have while I'm sitting over here in Vietnam and tuning in <laughs> on Saturday and, and cheering them both home. As they both get up, you might even bloody hear me from all the way over here. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Well, until next week, uh, we'll get, we'll touch base again next week. Good on you, Jamie. No worries, mate. Thank you. There is Jamie Cockshot with all the harness racing news over there in Tassie and a good chat with Ben Yol, who is uh, a great trainer. Well, I think Jamie said, uh, heard him say a couple of weeks ago, he's Australia's leading trainer. So he's uh, hitting him out of the park with all of his uh, runners and he's got a fair old trip ahead of him uh, this week, dog. That's yeah, sure. well, that's right, because you, you need to load them up, drive to uh, the car ferry, then you've got the 12-hour overnight car ferry, and then when you land, you've got to get up to... Uh, Shepparton. Um, and then you got to drive Shepparton to Horsham. Yeah, that's I'll long, ta- I'll ta- long I'll way. I tell you what, it's a good indication that those standard breads are tough. They are tough. <laughs> yeah, tough you'd want to win a couple. You'd want to make it worth your while. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Right, we better take a break. And when we come back on the other side, we will get on to Mr. Ladbrokes, Tommy Hackett. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Welcome back to Taz Racing Talk. And now it's all about the markets and the man that gives us our markets. The best markets with Labrokes. Try all new Labrokes mates mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tommy Hackett. What are you thinking for the weekend? What's what's lighting up uh, the the screens for the weekend? Hello, Sammy. It's a it's a massive weekend. We'll definitely talk a little bit of Queensland uh, shortly because uh, we can't go past that ten race card at Eagle Farm tomorrow. Uh, a genuine Super Saturday at Eagle Farm. But I uh, want to find a few winners for the uh, Taz Racing Punters at Devonport on Sunday. Another really interesting meeting there. I want to start off in race five today. A horse we've had a fair bit of success with uh, over the summer period was Freelancer. Uh, race five, number two. Uh, we tipped it out first up the other day when it uh, got the job done narrowly. It was at, and ended up paying $8.50, so it was in quite a strong field. And it, I don't think this field is really that much tougher. If it can replicate the what it showed first up here, Freelancer, it's going to be very tough to beat here. Uh, it'll get a, a nice spot in the, in the run from barrier number two in this small field. Uh, and I think it will have every possible chance. I think Freelancer is a really good bet to go back-to-back there for Barry Campbell. That's race five, number two. Race six is uh, definitely a more open affair, but a horse that does have form around Freelancer is rate number six, Hot Relation. Finished second behind Freelancer last start and probably didn't have things uh, run to suit. It was caught wide, didn't have any cover and has to do a fair bit amount of uh, work in the run. And the start before that, it was the same story. Just hasn't had much luck at all, this preparation. Has drawn barrier 10, so we'll need a little bit of luck again. But it's a horse that's always in the mix. Certainly doesn't win out of turn, hot relation. Only the two wins for its 24 race starts. But never runs a bad race. Is uh, always in the mix here at Devonport. So I think it can go well. Hopefully get another win on the board. That's race six, number six, hot relation. And then uh, a bit later in the day, go to the final race, race nine, uh, looking at race nine, number two here, needs to be unique. Another small field here, but 
needs to be unique. Was good first up behind Amankaya, who's a pretty handy horse, and uh, really liked that performance. Sat on the speed and sort of boxed on quite nicely there. We'll take good improvement from that effort. And in this, this horse is just a winner, really. Three wins from seven race starts, one at this track and distance before as well. And I think it will improve second up. So uh, I think race nine, number two, need to be unique can uh, bring us home as a winner. So hopefully we get a few of those home uh, at Devonport on Sunday. We have a, a nice little Sunday afternoon on the punt. Yeah, Tommy, yeah. what about Saturday? Uh, there's some Tassie race, uh, horses represented at Caulfield. Galenus is the one in race six, which Laura Lafferty rode absolutely perfectly last start and it did everything but win uh, in that photo finish uh, at Caulfield. Um, has there been any support around for Galenus? Yeah, it's been very well back, Brown Dog Galenis. Now an equal favourite at the moment with Jigsaw. That's Caulfield race five, number two, Galenis. They're equal favourites now, uh, and but the, the weight of the Ludbrokes money is with Galenis at the moment. It's a very open contest, but Galenis has always been a horse I, I have, I've had a very big opinion of. I thought it could uh, really go on and become a, a genuine stakes horse, and it, it is another horse that is just a winner. Seven wins from uh, 14 race starts. I think 1,200 metres is its uh, best trip. Last start was only narrowly denied by Blazer Trail, who's a pretty handy horse, in my opinion. I don't think this race is, is that much tougher. So Laura Lafferty, as you said, Brandog gave it a peach last start. I think she's a really talented apprentice. And I think that claim does make a big difference here. And she, uh, he gets down to 58 kilos, Galenis, which gets him, in, gets him in pretty well in at the weight. So uh, it's a pretty open affair. You can make a case for quite a few horses in this race. And lucky running could prove key. But uh, I think he's a deserving favourite, Galenis. I wouldn't be surprised if he's well back tomorrow. I think he's a horse that uh, a lot of the pro punters will, will find tomorrow. And uh, I'd be locking up that $5. So I think he might start closer to the $4 mark. On your Tommy. All the best for the weekend. Thanks, boys. Good luck. Let's head to a break. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Well, it's another Taz Racing Talk hour done. Another Friday uh, done and dusted uh, from 12 o'clock. And Trackside is upon us, dog. We're all about air raid in the first of Ballarat. Yeah, you really like it, don't you, for Team Hawks? I reckon it'll win. Beautiful. That'd be a nice way to start our uh, our track day. Good. Well, we will take a break now. When we come back on the other side, we'll have track side, best bets. We'll have a chat to Lee Dalton. We'll get into finding some winners, Dom. Let's do it.